I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no South Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. It's summertime and the living is easy. So easy that I've only got one guest with me today. I was trying to rustle up some of the boys, but Michael, being a trooper, Michael Avery, has come through. Everyone else is wage-slaved workers at work. Welcome to the show, Michael Avery. Thank you very much, Nick. Thanks for having me. I'm double-jabbed and ready to get back in the den when we have over 16,000 fans. So that's Let's rock and roll. Have you got your COVID passport yet? I don't know where we're going to get those from, but, um, you know, I suppose you get, you get a little card, don't you, when you've had your two jabs? You get, I don't know if that's to be brandished at the, at the gate. As yeah. But, I wonder uh, if it'll be all Brexit and we, it'll be like a big, massive thing over what colour it will be. Do you remember what it was <laughs> oh, it's last It's got to be time? dark blue, mate. It's got to be dark blue. Yeah, it's got to be dark blue. Got I, am, dark blue I am actually old enough to have held a dark blue passport all those years ago when the very first passport I ever got was a dark blue traditional one on, on Her Britannic Majesty's Command and um, this big spiel on the inside. I think we're straying from the path of Millwall Matters. Welcome to the show, listeners. Um, this is a summertime edition. We're still in that kind of vague pre-season um zone at the moment michael aren't we um but the hook on which we thought we'd do a little recording was the um the supporters survey the, the, the club have organized a supporters survey which is quite interesting I, I find it interesting anyway dear listeners you might not but i do and michael does too so we're gonna we're gonna come back to that having just dangled that 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 tasty uh, prospect in front of you we're gonna take it away for the moment michael just gonna cover a few little bits and pieces of Millwall related news obviously we're, we're deep into the pre-season now um Gary Rowett is confirming that inquiries are being received for our players we don't we don't really know who or what or how much you know there's, there's no detail there at all but I suppose I mean the the, the Jed question is is the big one isn't it I mean there's a there's a piece on the South London about Jed saying how he's going to give his all for Millwall in this in this season which is potentially his last season for the Lions um, well, we don't know whether there's any any transfer interest in him. Certainly, I've seen no no rumours online about about Jed's position at all. Have you, Mike? No, no, I, I haven't seen anything about him wanting wanting to go. I think that the signings we've made, um, especially the George Savile one, which yes, we may not pay big mm. big transfer fees like the eight million, but 
he's not going to be on a sort of cheap wage, is he, um, George Savile? So I think there's a bit of intention there to show Jed these are the type of players we want to sign. These are the type of players who who, who show our intention of getting back up the table and, and into those playoffs. So yeah. if if you do if you do want to play in the Premier League in the next couple of years, hopefully it could be with us. But the one the one that got me, Nick, and I'm not sure about you and the listeners, was after signing Savile. I think it was in the back of the Southern News, wasn't it, where it was a bit like. I think he discussed about like he's got not much, not got much left in the budget, has he? Or no, he I, I doubt movement. We, um, I doubt we have. I mean, you know, it's it's been a tough year for all of us, everyone. It's been a tough business years for uh, for football, but a tough business year for me all specifically, which is our our concern. I, I don't suppose we do have fortunes to throw around. I, I mean, each of the signings we've made, including um, Afobe and 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 Savile, I mean, all have been. Big hits. I mean, uh, Daniel Ballard is on loan for the season from Arsenal. Don't know what the financial arrangements are on, on those kinds of deals, but each of them look like good, solid additions to a squad that probably, if it's if it's fully fit, which is probably going to be the key question for the season ahead. And it, 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 we fell short a little bit on the fitness front last term, but it should be a squad good enough to. Um, I, I think we're, we, we, I think we're top six material if we can keep it together and if we get lucky with injuries and and certainly those additions, each of those additions should say to Jed that the club is aiming in the same general direction that he wants to go in in his career. I, I feel anyway. Yeah, no, you're right, and I think as well it it's it's even like the little things that sort of get sort of that that appear as like a little blip on the radar and you forget but it was like signing was it long the goalkeeper mm. you know what very very steady number two i mean we we we, we said in jest about frank fielding the best contribution he had was getting injured so Bart could get in <laughs> but but if you think Bart did get injured for six weeks would yeah. you have any confidence in frank fielding now i'm sure he's probably a lovely man and when i saw him a couple of years ago in pre-season obviously with covid he looked a very steady eddie yeah, but he's certainly no Biakowski, and this chap Long, he's obviously got some some pedigree about him. I believe he might didn't he win League One last year with with Hull City. Yeah, I mean he's an established player there, wouldn't he? Um, yeah, and, you know he must have ambitions to 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 aim higher himself, which is which is all to the good. I think you're right. These kinds of moves, each each of the signings have been additions to the squad and good additions at that. None of those feel like um, uh, duds. Um, I'm just reading the piece as we're speaking here. It says the Lions have done nearly all of done nearly all of their incoming business, unless there are outgoings. And it goes on to talk about John Daddy. I, I mean, I, I don't know whether there's any interest, whether that's the kind of interest that Gary Rowe is talking about from someone somewhere to take him on. Um, otherwise, it's loan moves out, guaranteed loan moves out for the young trio of Alex Mitchell, Tyler Bury, and, and Isaac Alofe. So. Um, I mean, Gary, Gary Rarick kind of waxes lyrical a little bit about the benefits of putting these boys out on, on loan to gain experience and then hopefully, possibly benefit us. Who knows what, you know, what the situation might be from Christmas onwards. So, um, I don't know. It feels stable at the moment. It's very odd. <laughs> very odd, isn't it? To feel like there's nothing yeah. rocking the boat. Um, we've made yeah. some good, solid signings and there are plans afoot for our, our young prospects. It's um, I don't know, rather un, unmill wall in, in many respects. Um, there's, certainly, so there's certainly something not right, is there? You know, all, all this actual sort of control and calmness around the club. It's, it's, you're, you're right, it's not us. It's, it's not, not us. us. It's not we... the mill wall, I know. I mean, just reading the Jed, the Jed piece, I mean, he, he makes no secret, Mike, of his ambition to play in the Premier League. I, I can't blame him for that, can you? I mean, I, I think any player of his 
standing and ability is entitled to to want um, you know a shot at the big time. He's, he's he's 27. He's reasonably late in his career. He might not get many opportunities if he doesn't come up with a line. So um, you know, I, I don't blame him if he does want to see out his contract and then who knows what um, you know what might happen from there. Um, I mean, I remember Steve Morrison getting his shot at Norwich, wasn't it? And I know people get rather het up about these these things, but um, I can't blame a player for wanting to consolidate their career financially, family-wise and everything. Yeah, and, I, and you've got to agree with that. And I think as well, I'm, I'm not saying that, I know there's obviously like a realism with some players, you know, if you're sort of like mid-table, League One, League Two, with all due respect, you might think I'm not going to make it. But if you're like a Jed Wallace who a few years ago was being sort of touted with by Aston Villa, remember as well when Middlesbrough signed George Savile, they tried to sign Wallace as well for... A promotion push and we can yeah. turn that area of the deal down so it's not as if he's he's not had his suitors or people that fancy him over the past couple of seasons and let, let's be brutally honest I, I know I know Millwall fans and we chuckle about it sometimes you know you'll get a player who who's done a bit of a good service he comes back you give him a round of applause and then you boo him every time he touches mm. the ball but I don't I, I can yeah exactly um, I cannot see any Millwall fan who would be angry with Jed Wallace if he went at the end of um next season I could understand they'd be angry with the club maybe not sort of cashing in or maybe giving him like another year extension to put a bit of value on him but for him as you say I mean yes he loves Millwall and yes Millwall's got this connection with players that once you're here you know you can only really sort of play here like Steve Morrison you said is a good example yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not he's, he's not a Millwall fan it's not as if he, he sat in the cold blow lane and, and all know. this kind of thing and all this. He's, yeah. he's, he's been a fantastic servant for the club as I said when we did our show a couple of months ago about sort of the best players we've seen and the, the highlighted the players and how we've got on, easily, easily the, one of the best players, if not the best player we've had in what the last 10 years. Well, we've got no one else like him. And that, I mean, to replace him would be would probably require a level of investment that we, uh, goes back to the previous point, we, ha- we haven't got the budget for. Let's, let's, let's get it right, listeners. Um, to get another Jed Wallace, someone also willing to be... Um, how can I put it? He's, he's, he's got the talent, he's got the inventiveness, Michael, but he's also got that kind of Millwall workman-like mentality, which is a very hard combination to, to find in, in, uh, in the world of football these days. Um, I mean, you know, the piece is quite interesting, actually, if you do get a chance to read it, listeners. Um, talks about him playing non-league till he was 17 and then um, how much he's had to work to get where he is. He feels privileged to play him in the best leagues in the world. See, He's a down-to-earth boy, um, and Jed, I think, is entitled to his shot. If he doesn't get it with the Lions, which is, would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I mean, if this, if this season were to, to, to shape up as, as we hope and as the club has um, invested to, to the best of its ability to achieve, then that would be wonderful. But otherwise, I, can't, I couldn't begrudge him a move on if he, if he could get it for the top flight. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, um, we're talking about goal scoring last season being our problem. We do have our goal scorer in place, Michael. Um, new hot new talent. It's called Matt Smith. And he's scored uh, in pre-season. He's uh, <laughs> um, um, netted three times, apparently, in their tune-up matches. And he's scored up in Scotland. So he's played abroad uh, in Scotland. And in the 3-2 loss to, to Watford as well. And he scored at, um, at Barnet as well. Um, <laughs> we've signed Bennett Gabfobe with the intention of solving a problem but I think maybe the solution is still going to be Matt <laughs> yeah 
coming off what? the bench. You, 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 you spouting off those stats there. It reminds me of times. Remember when we had the Rice Henderson mm. and everyone was like, he's, he scored five in the last three games. And it was like, That's well, right. three of them was a hat-trick in the FA Cup against Nation League or National League. That's right, um, yeah. Dagenham yeah. and Redbridge. So, yeah, you know, but no, I, I'm, I, you can only play the opposition that's in front of you. I still, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do like Matt Smith and I know that I was a bit critical when we first signed him um, because I thought he was a bit past it. But but like you say, he knows where the back of the net is. I mean, a Fobe is class. Uh, I know he's had his troubles over the last recent years, but you think when he was at sort of Wolves and Bournemouth, he knows where the back of the net is and... Yeah, let's let's just hope we're not relying on a, a player who can only manage a quarter of an hour a week in Matt Smith again. But I mean, Bradshaw's injured again, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the Fobe is going to be hopefully our, our regular first choice. Let's hope he stays fit. Um, I mean, it's not a bad combination of Fobe first choice with Matt Smith coming off the bench as as and when needed. I imagine that's how it's going to work out. Listen. Um, Bradshaw, yeah, the world's unluckiest man, isn't he? Um, who knows, you know, we must have broken a mirror or some committed some sin in a previous worldly existence or something. Loan options for the three youngsters. I mean, this is a separate story. I did mention it in the in the first bit. Um, talking about Isaac Lofey and Tyler Bury and Alex Mitchell. I've not seen enough of Alex Mitchell to take a view other than the sense that he looks very old beyond his years Michael I, the, the picture popped up on the the official club feed and he's only 19 but I thought blimey you, you know you look worldly that face looks like yeah. it's been lived in a few times you know yeah, um, he's, he's never gonna, he's never going to get ID'd is he down the, <laughs> the local Asda <laughs> Isaac Alofi obviously helped Sutton um, win football league status last season who knows whether that's where he's going to go you know, to, to get regular football. Each of those are prospects and um, we'll see what the, the other loan options are for Tyler and for and for Alex. Um, at least it does seem as though Gary Rowett has the the basis of a squad that he's going to be happy to take into the season. But it doesn't seem to be including Abdul, Abdul Malik, our one-time hot prospect who's now receiving questionable career advice, according to Gary. Um, he went to he's turned down our contract gone to Portsmouth who have let him said thanks but no thanks to him and he's now training with, with Watford um, it must be difficult for these young boys Michael I think that these are it's easy to forget they're just kids and they're, they're dependent on the advice of, of agents who too often in this life are interested in their own um, you know their own interests rather than what's best for the player and what, what will benefit him in his career I mean I would have thought that a you know, a chance to, to, to play with me or would be a good thing, but maybe the boy doesn't see it that way. I don't know. Yeah, and, and it it sort of half, there's a half lingering smell of the old Fred on a dimner contract when he was outstanding for us, but he wouldn't sign and, you know, it was causing issues between Neil Harris and Fred when yeah. he was there. But, but yeah, you, you're right. And, 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 and sometimes you just want to get these, these young players and sort of like half bang their heads together and sort of, make them see what their agents are trying to do. I, I mean, I know to a point the agent is obviously trying to get his best for the player to a degree, but as you say, it's they're also doing it for themselves. I can't remember a couple of years ago, but I remember the one of, one of the years, obviously pre-COVID, when one of the transfer windows got absolutely smashed out of the park. It was something, there was an astronomical amount yeah. of the fees in that window went to agents. They didn't yeah. even go to the players or the club. So, yeah. 
Um, I, I think I think with Isaac, um, it wouldn't surprise me. You heard it here first. If he doesn't go to Sutton, it wouldn't surprise me if Gary Rowick calls up his mate Callum up north. Yeah, and tries to yeah. maybe get him there because because yeah. what everyone's got to remember as well is that um, they're, they're Callum Davidson's secured European football as well. So it's not just it's not just the SPFL where you might occasionally play Celtic um, Celtic Rangers and, and the likes of Hearts etc. But if they get through their qualifying, they're they're in European competition. So would you rather have someone like Isaac, who's obviously got huge potential but may not be ready for the championship? Um, just sitting on your bench getting 10 15 minutes a week, and then obviously the fans, yeah, sort of not turning is the wrong word, but you know what I mean, sort of sitting yeah, there thinking yeah, he's yeah. clearly not ready, or do, or do you loan him out somewhere like like that? I think using the right connections, but yeah, as you say, the, these Mill will seem to know what they're doing with these young players and how they're loaning them out. Is there's not been really any bad stories, you know, obviously the McNamara one was phenomenal, yeah. Isaacs was great too, so they obviously work one, but one player. Who is a uh, who's actually striking me as not not is he still here but kind of I'm surprised he's still here mm. is um is Ben Thompson because he's been featuring in a lot of like promotional material in a new kit and everything like that and and obviously everyone loves Ben Thompson yeah for his determination but he was very much finished at the end of last year weren't he yeah and he it, you know obviously there's this thing as to whether whether uh, Gary Rarick really sees him as part of the midfield we do seem to be awash with good midfields another story here about Ryan Ryan Leonard. Um, resuming full training, you'd expect Ryan Leonard to be, once he's fully fit, to be a first choice. We've got Savile as almost certainly a first choice. Um, Billy Mitchell, and then and then where does Ben fit? And you're right, I've I've seen the same. Hifton Belt, yeah, was was an experienced player. You know, I mean, I suppose Ben is an experienced player, really. Um, Perhaps not a championship level, but certainly um, an experienced player. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I've seen the same images. I mean, he is he's 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 one of our own and he does represent Millwall in many many fans eyes he's he's just like them he's you know he's come from the terraces isn't he so um he is he is Millwall through and through Um, but equally Ben's got to think about his own career and you know um being far down the list maybe four or five down the 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 list of choices at, at the den he's not going to get many starts and that's a hard situation for him to find himself in, I would think. Um, but you, the, the kind of Pompey link you keep hearing about are possible, but it doesn't seem to come to much, um, you know, much solidity, does it? So I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I saw the same as on one of the, the wallpapers. I've got to get with the, the kids street slang these days, Mike, but the wallpaper apparently is what you put on, not what you put on the walls, listeners, what you have on your phone. It's like a phone image of Ben in a, in a new mill. Yeah. Nick, Nick, uh, listeners, Nick has stupidly printed off all the pictures of Ben Thompson and wallpapered his front room. I've wallpapered it. Um, I also call it. I don't call it his shirt anymore. Now, listeners, I call it the drip. That's that's the new thing. Isn't it? You got you see that on the um the Instagram um, club Instagram account. Their drip, which apparently is their their shirt and turnout, their kind of general style. So I'm getting. I'm hanging with the kids here, mate. I tell you. So we shall see, Abdul Malik, um, talented boy in need of good advice. We don't, at 18, I suppose you think you know it all at 18, don't you? And you don't know tickety-boo at that point in your in your life. There we are. That's, that's the Millwall news. I, I, um, I haven't been to any pre-season games. Have you done any, any pre-season events or, or games, Michael? Um, I, I, I haven't yet, in truth, but there's somebody oh. um, I've been speaking to who's actually been to um, it was the Dulwich game, wasn't it? Dulwich game and Dulwich Beckenham. And and Beckenham. We played at yeah. Beckenham the other night, didn't we? Yeah, and apparently the um, 
what what they've seen is very good. Um, mm. Obviously, you can't, with all due respect to Dulwich and Beckenham, you can't, can't really take too no. much, yeah, for, from those games. But um, apparently, with the Dulwich game, they were trying to play a bit of football, and right. Um, right. and Millwall played well then. Apparently, the Beckenham game was completely different and was a bit more physical, but Millwall matched them as well. So it seems like, but it seems very positive from what I'm hearing on the grapevine from from people who've been nipping down to these games. It does seem very positive at the moment. Again, I'm not, I'm. I'm not sure if I'm in your top six camp just yet, Nick. So I don't think beating Motherwell and Daddy Jamlet means we're going to be um, pushing for the top automatic. six. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine at Christmas when we're fourth from bottom? What's going on? Um, Come we, back and get your money Motherwell. back. <laughs> yes. Your money back from Achtung Millwall. We'll be, we'll yeah. be um, in, I don't know where we can't go abroad at the moment. We're in, we're in HMP Britain at the moment. So um, I don't know where we'll be. We won't be on, online anyway. Um, there we are, dear listeners. Pre-season, the season starts in two weeks' time. They're selling the tickets for the the Portsmouth Caribou Cup game. Eighteen pound a ticket, Michael. That seemed a bit strong to me. I, I know I've just said how we haven't got a budget and we're skint, and we've had a year and a half nearly without any income. But it's still, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get, make that game anyway, listeners. So I'm moaning about something that is of no um, no consequence to me. But 18 quid a ticket seemed a bit strong to me. Yeah, yeah, and again, you don't. You, I think the club have done actually really well, like yeah, trying to keep fans I'm not engaged. Really moaning. Yeah, right. No, I know, but but I, I know what you mean as well. In in the sense that, blimey, eight, eight, yeah, 18 quid. I mean, I was I, I said to my wife about like us and the boys going, and it, mm. it was a bit like, well, for us and the boys and the baby who don't who doesn't need to have a ticket paid box, obviously he's only one, it's like 55 quid yeah, or something exactly. like that. It, it hurts, <laughs> and you're like, it, you like, football. Go without I, a week's shopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, sorry, kids, no chocolate spread sandwiches <laughs> Nothing today. tonight. We went to Millwall last Tuesday night. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you saw Willow's return. It's a bit steep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I suppose it's not your regular um, East End, West End only open, kind of £10 entry all packed into one stand kind of night maybe they're anticipating with the first game back after the eternity since we've been going to you know football regularly after a year and a half nearly maybe they're anticipating a good crowd for it um so anyway let's hope it does get a few quid in for the club because as you say um you know we've had a <laughs> we've had a we've had a tough year now, Michael and I, the reason we're talking really is this supporter survey. So I'm going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Michael and I will dig deep into the numbers of the supporters survey. We'll be right back. Achtung, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support the Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you Lions. Just to interject on the show a moment, if I may, dear listeners, I received an email uh, from Millwall fan Robert Woodford, who is a qualified London cabbie and and London guide. And Rob is organising a walkabout, a Millwall history walkabout and heritage day on the 4th of September, starting from West India Quay Station at 11am on Saturday the 4th of September. And it's going to be covering the origins of the club that we love, Millwall, um, in Docklands, a couple of the pubs, the George, and of course the Lord Nelson, including the sites of the former grounds and local history along the way. It sounds like an utterly, an utterly fantastic event. Um, I'm going to put a link to buy tickets, £12.50 um, from, the, from Eventbrite. I'll stick that Eventbrite link in the show notes and in... Twitter and the social media. Um, sounds like a really interesting day out. So Saturday, the 4th of September, Mill History and Heritage Day with Mill fan qualified guide Robert Woodford. Rob Woodford. And sounds like a really cracking day out. I wish I'd thought of doing it actually. Now you've said that, Rob. Thanks for letting me know that. And now back to the show. Welcome back, dear listeners. Now, I don't know about you. Um, I did remember seeing this thing come around, Michael. There's, there's a few kind of tart remarks on line about how no one they, they know took part in the survey. But it was, it was an email, wasn't it? The, the club sent out an email a while yeah. ago to, to a link, which I did. I, I yeah. took part in it. I don't know if that's carves me out as a real wall or, you know, not, not old school enough because I took part in a supporter survey or not. I, I'm too old to care. But... Um, I certainly remembered seeing it. I think sometimes people kind of just delete emails and don't don't really read them. Um, but it's quite an interesting 
report it was just a, a, a two-page thing one of which is just the kind of cover and, and then there's the, the analysis of the numbers um 4,000 fans or 4,000 returns took part in this Millwall supporter survey and I think the first thing to say Mike is well done for Millwall for doing it because I've never known one be done before ever yeah it's just stepping yeah. in the right direction yeah, you- well, it absolutely is. I mean, you've got clubs and without trying to sort of like sort of say anything too outrageous, but you've got some clubs like Newcastle, for example, who don't particularly like their answer and they, uh, owner and they don't feel like they're being listened to. You've got other Premier League clubs who don't feel they're being listened to, but our club has proactively sent out a statement saying we want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Now, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit similar to voting to a degree and apologies if those listening to this who didn't... Um, <laughs> who didn't sort of take part, if you will, but it's kind of like you can't really moan too much about things if you don't put your voice, your point across. You know, if you're not happy with things, or if if you if you like it says here, like with like how the club or the public perception is of the club and all this kind of stuff. You know, if if you can't you can't moan and groan about answers yeah. and results and things the club are going to do if you didn't contribute towards it. And and I have to say. From someone who helps organise the voting for the player, the season vote to get four thousand fans to answer four thousand fans, fans, sorry, to answer this is incredible because sometimes trying to get just those votes for player of the season, it is like getting blood out of a stone, Nick. So well done the club to get what one in three, one in four of our fans to answer. I think they've done very well. It's in that ballpark, and also it's quite hard to get people to do stuff. It's incredibly hard. What it's not hard to get them to moan about things it's very very hard to actually come up with a suggestion that works and is is, is kind of legal and possible and works in the real world of 2021 it's, it's it's easy for people to go online and say this that and the other um but nevertheless you know four thousand responses is is pretty good by any stretch of the imagination the job i used to do worked on surveys on a principle if you got 10 percent of people to respond you've done very very well you were kind of um worker of the week for, for getting that amount of response so to get as you say one third responses is a good good return and also it gives validity to the numbers now many many people will take the piss and many many people will say uh, it's not real war whatever that might mean to do this kind of thing but i think it, it's if you don't do it then um you know you, you'll be criticized whether you do it or don't do it so put that all to one side there's some interesting questions in there and the main the main thing that um, I mean, obviously, the centerpiece of this little graphic that, um, that people have put on here, but I don't think it's the most important statistic. But the centerpiece of the graphic is: Do you feel valued by the club? And sixty, just short of sixty-two percent of people said yes to that question. Out of those four thousand odd, not sure twenty-two and a half percent ish, and then fifteen percent said no, they don't feel valued by the club. Um, I mean, I think the year that we've just had, Michael, in my opinion, just my humble opinion, does show that the club is aware of the value of its fans and and has, you know, um, has, has actually gone a long way as far as it's able to in its budget to to show that. I I don't know what other things the club could have done um, in the past year and a half, certainly that it didn't do. You know, I don't, I don't know what else people are looking for if they're not seeing that the, the club does value us at, at that point. And it was, it's, do you know what? It's not even sort of like the major stuff or offering discounts or anything like that. 
it's like the little things where they're constantly sending you emails to let yeah. you know like what's this coffee morning it's, business it's, you know i mean i've not been to one but that's you don't, don't have to be doing that laying on free tea and coffee you and know biscuits what? I, for people. yeah i i went to the first coffee morning um when it was launched um shona who is the support liaison officer um was obviously chatting with 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 members from the mill sports club and and, and got this this view of uh, a uh, brew with a view as they've called it and brew with a view yeah and and it really really is like quite good fun it is quite good fun you 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 they have to sort of tell you on in the background with where they just have the football on and you just sit there and you just have a cup of tea and a chat and it's just as, as simple as that and yeah yeah and certain and most other clubs let's be honest with you in a, in a sort of covid pandemic situation which other club would openly open its doors to let you go sit in their like exec box or their exec lounge and sit there with the likes of some of the sort of staff and the directors and because i mean i mean when i was there you know max who was, was there um who does the i follow yeah, yeah, and, it was yeah. and it was brilliant talking to max about how how like how he had a season was what it was like going up and down the country during covid sammy who makes the video sammy bruff he he was there as well and you know, we 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 was talking about all the videos that he made and like when when we signed, I'll whisper it when we signed Troy Parrott. But um, <laughs> you know, you know all those kind of things. And and you know, Billy Taylor was there, and 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 they, these are staff members who who don't need to to be there. They don't no, need no, to no. come down to a coffee no. morning to no. have a chat. You know, like Shona, Shona didn't need to arrange this, but they've done it purely to keep the fans engaged. And like you say, it's free. You don't have to pay to go. No, you can you just know, walk and, in, and, get yourself a drink and a cup of coffee. Not, not, you know. Yeah, it's, it's and, and again, I know, I know there'll be some. I know there'll be some. like, oh yeah, like the old then we wouldn't have made fucking tea and coffee and all that. But you know what? What? What else? You know, you want to keep the engagement going. You want to keep people talking and connected to the club. What a great thing to do. And and like you like we, we've had on 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 our pod as well, haven't we? We had Billy Taylor on telling us all what's going on. He was telling us not. Not highly confidential information, but he was obviously. No, he wouldn't part with that, that, would he? He wouldn't tell us that the, the good stuff. He, he did that after we recorded, of course. <laughs> but yeah, but not he, on the record. He, he he come on the show twice, and and I think one of them was actually sort of half off his own back to actually update the supporters. And yeah, what what other what other clubs have media directors proactively reaching podcasts to? to talk to the fans and answer the questions. I, I think we've done really well. I really well this is it. I mean, I, I was reading, um, I think it was Inter Milan, and I think Arsenal are involved with this kind of, um, it's a company called Socios or Socios, I don't know how you pronounce it. And it's like um, a profit-making organisation that you join. If you're a fan of Inter Milan or, or Arsenal or the others, I can't think of it. I think West Ham um, flirted with them a little bit and there was a bit of an outcry. But, but you know, people talk about being valued by the club and, and not involved or not involved, whatever the case may be. Well, that is a that's Arsenal's response to fan engagement is to contract out to this socios um, company, which is a subscription model where you pay to basically get to vote on often quite non non important things to do with being an Arsenal fan. Um, I haven't got any examples. I've never looked into it. But I do know that Socios are a company and they contract out to fairly big name clubs like Inter Milan with worldwide followings where your fan in Australia or, um, I don't know, you know, kind of South Africa or somewhere can subscribe to their Arsenal Socios and feel they get a vote on on Arsenal-related matters. Well, we're not, we haven't got that here, thank God. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't want that because... That's that's a bit like um, you're, you're paying to be a fan by just by another a channel, you know. And I'd also 
anyone that don't feel valued by the club, but also um, contrast it with the past. <laughs> we had no, no one from the club, no one ever. Um, to my memory, I'm thinking back to the 70s and 80s and, and, and large slices of the 90s, really. No one ever really made any effort to find out what, what people thought or wanted in any way. So, you know, I know that you can't constantly look back and, and that's part of this, um, an interesting part, actually, of this, this survey. But the kind of um, the yearning for the old days when it was real Millwall, I, I think, is a bit of a... Um, I don't know. It's a little bit of a red herring at times because yeah. you know, we're living now. And um, one interesting thing, almost a centerpiece for me of the of the survey, and I think this is a really important point. I don't know if many fans really picked up on this. I, I get that you're going by 4,000 responses, so that's not the complete picture, but you, you can only play with what you get. But is the supporters' age density chart? I don't know if you picked up on that, Michael. Um, the number of fans, the vast majority of Millwall, or the responses here, which we've all got to go by, are 46 plus. Um, the biggest slice are in the 56 to 65 category, which includes my good self. And there's a fair chunk, age 66 to 75. Um, and then it tells that the curve is on the upper end of the age group. Now, I don't know how that relates to other clubs and I don't know how it relates to maybe sports generally um, in terms of responses and, and, and um, actual bums on seats inside the ground. But, it, you know, I don't know about you, Mike, but when I go to Millwall and I look around and I see a lot of blokes aged not far short of me, you know, from the, from the 70s, you know, it's it's a bit of a problem. It actually, it matches, interestingly. I, I, I just did our own um, uh, Spotify on for Akhtung Millwall and it, the listeners for the, for, the, for the show. Almost, this is the same curve. It's as you get over 45, 35, onwards, upwards. That's where our listeners lie. It's where our fans lie. And I think that's a potential long-term time bomb for the club because we do need to... Um, reach the younger fans because as i found recently old fans die off you know um i'm luckily i didn't but you could have done so you know it's a it's a reducing number of upper at the upper end of the age scale if you know what i mean yeah wasn't an optimistically morbid statement to come out with uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> well, um, it, no it happens i mean this is you know no, this, no you're this, right you are right. this is the thing yeah. you know um yeah look um, around well, the den yeah 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 and and the thing is as well is that I, I was I was going to make a joke to say there's no one under twelve on the supporters' age density, but but we'll we'll we'll, we'll actually get to. I suppose they're not responding more... to email. I mean, you know, you, there may be other reasons. It might be too yeah. simplistic to look at but this my, curve, but it's interesting. Yeah, but but my my one thing I think that the club do need to work on, and and if they are doing it behind the scenes and and we're not privy to it, then I obviously will stand corrected. But there's one thing sort of like going out to the community and which we all do fantastically. I'm not going to mm. say we don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and going out to the local schools and everything like that. But it's one thing inviting them along once or twice. It's nothing keeping them there. Yeah. I think the problem when you're a London club and it's just, and in, in my ignorant bliss, um, I don't know too much of the travel systems outside of London or up north or anything like that. But I think when now that we've got this such a large tube network and train network i mean do you remember nick years ago before that overground line was built how long it would take you to get to highbury 
from from oh, God, Canada. Yeah, or yeah, no, you don't, it, would, I, it would be yeah. a jaunt, you know, it'd be a long way from from South East yeah, London. I, I went, yeah, I, I went to I went to an Arsenal game a few years back. Um, Arsenal West Ham, funny enough, it was a game where it was a midweek when Millwall weren't playing. I I managed to get a free ticket. I got from Canada Water to to the Emirates in like twenty minutes. Yeah. So if if you are a neutral fan and you don't care about which football team you're going to support or you're going to wake up one morning and think I'm going to support a London team you really can take your pick because you can be from one side of London to the other in what quarter now 20 minutes so yeah, yeah so how so if you're like I said if you're a young fan what yes yes Millwall aren't necessarily one of the glamour clubs I know we all we hype on and shout about you know the, the smallest big club in the world and all this monarchy or biggest small club but what is the club doing and what are the fans doing and the community doing to get these kids in and get these young young people in who are who who are not influenced is the wrong word but you know what what are they doing to actually get them in and, and keeping them here because yeah that that's like you say 24 years time if these stats are the way it's going to go you're you're not going to get that many more down the den and we're not going to grow and we're going to get left behind it's quite interesting. My, my nephew who's aged 13 uh, now um, it's quite, an, I mean, you've got young kids yourself, Mike, but and I'm sure listeners will relate to this. It's it, the, the world is now lived through the medium of YouTube and um, to some level, I suppose, the kind of in, in Instagram or WhatsApp and all this kind of business, you know, that's where the kids focus of attention is. And, you know, there's no good. I can take the piss out of him and I can say, well, why don't you go and actually kick a football rather than playing it on your FIFA and all this kind of stuff yeah. or Formula One, which is the, the presentation of sports now. I was watching the cricket game last night, the 100, which is presented as though it's a, a you're, you're playing, um, you know, a video game. That's that's and I watched Formula One with him on Sunday and that's presented almost um, it looks like a video game. That's that's how it looks. It's easy to to moan about it, and our age group in our forty six plus up to seventy, cold blow lane um, through and through. It's it's you've got to you've got to reach kids through the media that they that they use, and it's it's kind of hard because you know my heart's not in the world of TikTok and other stuff like that. But that's where they are, and you've got to reach them somehow. I, I don't have the answers, and I'm you know, come on the wrong podcast if you're looking for. Um, us to break out into YouTube. We're not going to do any of that because it's not my scene, man. Like the old um, swimming advert used to say, it's not my scene, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the young kids in there who drips who are on uh, YouTube. Drips. It's, my, my concession is going to try and use the word drip every time we have a show now. So you're going to hear that word a lot, listen. But it's, you know, it, it's the world is changing and those that moan about it like me um are in shuffling along the generation game uh, uh you know kind of turntable it's it, it, reaching these younger groups is going to be crucial and as you say you're right michael that there's a lot of choice we, we are in the middle of london which is where you know how many top flight clubs have we got six clubs that would expect to play you know, on a European stroke world stage in some cases. So it's, it's kind of hard, but that's, that's, I think we've also got to think about, um, you know, kind of a P kids now seem to have, they follow their premier league clubs, but I think yeah, there's a route in to get them to follow the Millwall as well, which is sacrilege to anyone of my generation where you, you, you bleed Millwall and, and that's, that's the only club in the world. I think you've got to accept that um, a lot of people follow 
the top flight, maybe you can get them to follow um, a club mm-hmm. as a second. I know it's very hard. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I think as well football, football, whether whether we like it or not, football has changed. Um, and I know that's so she said. You know, we had the thing with the Super League not so long ago where everyone was yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But we, we I remember a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, stuff that I do with the supporters club is occasionally like they'll contact, um, contact the supporters club for like sort of newspaper interviews and all that kind of stuff. And I remember one of the ones I got contacted about was I think it was from someone like ESPN UK. It was a rather large company, mm. um, and it was basically about how children and young fans these days they don't follow the clubs anymore, Nick. They follow the player. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, so you, yeah. so, and it was around the time that Ronaldo had left to join Juventus, and and ESPN were like, "Oh, we've done this, this, this data where literally like a hundred thousand Real Madrid fans over the last X amount of years now suddenly have all logged on to Juventus's website and bought Ronaldo shirts." Social you know? media connect. I mean, there's a, there's a stat here on the same subject as well. Fifty five percent feeling increased connection to the club through social media but use of social media and, and that point you just made there michael is is almost entirely social media driven twitter and, and and instagram and the like you know the, the major names command millions upon millions of, of followers and that's where the the crumbs that will sustain our little club will, are to be found it's it's quite hard as a baby boom generation product because you you do feel slightly removed from it all i you know, it, it's it, it used to be music that separated the generations. Now I think it's YouTube and and uh, TikTok and the like because it's it looks moronic to me. Yeah, but I tell you, I tell you what though, oh, with 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 with, with, with um with Millwall though, it Merv Merv Payne's book title just just sums it up perfectly. It's it's because my dad does. I I don't. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely don't know any Millwall fans. Who do not support Millwall because, um, um, yeah, because they yeah. Uh, because they want what they chose to. It is all all family connections, like all, all my family. It's all it comes from my it dad. It comes from familial linkage. Like so, yeah, 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 and and that's where and that's where obviously we pride ourselves. And don't get me wrong, we're all very proud of that. And you know, uniquely, that's that's what makes us us. But yeah, as, as you say, this is this is the reason why. Um, and I'm not blaming the club for this at all, but this is the reason the likes of Jed Wallace do leave when offers come in and Steve Morrison's leave when offers come in because realistically will they will they play in these huge global sold out packed out stadiums every week if they're playing um for a for a, a local reasonably big but big local yeah. club. No, I don't think they will. But no going back to the survey, I think I think we've done I think we've done very well. I'd like to touch on the four boxes at the top. With regards to the SLO, um, you've got support the liaison officer. Yeah, yeah, showing up. Yeah, you've yeah. got nearly twenty-five percent who's aware of um, who Shona is and how to contact them. Um, you've got twenty-three uh, percent. So that's nearly half know who they are, and that's 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 brilliant. That's brilliant that like on that on that stats that half of the fan base know who they need to contact or that there is a contact if it, if it's needed. And and I have to say something that I. I know Shona reasonably well, don't get me wrong, but mm. the work she puts in for this fan base is unbelievable. I cannot say enough just how hard that how hard she works. It's it's, it's commendable. She Absolutely comes over commendable. well on social. I mean, I, I've not spoken to, I've never met um, the lady at all. 
um, but she comes over well on social media. She will respond back to you. I mean, um, I get every sense that if she can help you, she will do. And if she can't help mm. you, she'll tell you why she can't help you, you know, which is all I think most people look for in, in, a, in a, a customer contact situation, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I want to second that. So uh, Shona Groves, Mill Support Liaison Officer, she's she's doing a great job, and I've not seen a bad word about her actually online, which is quite something. Yeah, you know, it's um, that, that's an achievement on on her part. Um, I mean, the other the other thing that um, just while we're looking at the top boxes, there's a, one about the club's communication with supporters. I mean, I, I just want to repeat a point I made earlier on the club's communication with supporters through social media, through email, through many, many other ways. I mean, I, I don't actually see the programme anymore because I don't get it. But, you know, there's many, many ways the club do try and communicate with its fans. Um, at a certain point, it's up to you whether you want to listen to to those uh, those messages. But um, it's a hell of a lot better than it ever used to be, Mike. Yeah, and, and it really is. And if you look at 46 and 26, what's, what's that? What, 72% just over? Yeah. and. Just, and, and with the decimals, it's just over. So nearly three quarters of the people who were asked actually think the club communicates well. And this goes back to it. You can't you can't ask more for that. That's have a survey of one in one in three, which is a great number. Nearly all of those agree that the club communicate communicate well. And when it says that, I think there is a lot of room for improvement in this area. I feel like I never know what's happening at the club. With all due respect, and I don't mean this again, it sounds like I'm bashing up people who are doing these surveys, but I'd use my dad as an example here. He doesn't do social media. Mm. Um, he doesn't He doesn't really go on the website that often. And, and or, I think a or lot, there's a lot more people like that than you, than you imagine, I think. Oh, absolutely, know? absolutely. And, and, and to be brutally honest with you, and I'm not just saying it's plug the pod, but I think with my dad as well, again, using an example, a lot of the sort of news he hears is, is through this, you know, yeah. whether I'm on it or not. But yeah. But even with those, I wouldn't even take that as a negative from the club. Of from the club that they need to do more. Maybe it's a kind of, well, these these fans just prefer pen and paper post now instead of emails all the time. But again, I think this could be an element where, as we've said countless times over this call, Nick, unfortunately, you have to move at the times if you want to keep in the know. If you want to, yes, you do. But you do. But. Um, I have to say that the best one for me um, and fans, if you've seen it in the bottom right, is have you ever watched any video content on iFollow? And 70% <laughs> is, yeah, unfortunately, there wasn't a box that said, is it shit or not? <laughs> it was, you didn't have much choice last season. So, you know, um, yes, 70% nearly watched video content on iFollow. Um, with a twenty six point three percent saying no, I don't know what the, the there's there's a bit that, that doesn't add up to one hundred quite, does it? There's a bit there that um, some have not said neither yes or no. Maybe they're keeping quiet as to whether their I follow habit. I don't know. Um, it reminds me of that Simpsons where there's the mayoral election and like <laughs> sideshow Bob wins by a hundred and one percent and Mayor Quimby gets like one percent and it's like one percent. Um, error in the voting or something like that. I've got the answer. So, to, I've got the answer to that question in the faintest font. There's a, the, the the little bit on the end is is really faint. It's, I don't know what I follow is four point one eight percent. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Max. Listen, Sorry, Carl. Ignorance is bliss. It's, it's not about the, the comms. I mean, it, the actual the actual standard of it sometimes and the directoral inept, ineptitudes. That word. Um, is, is amateur hour at times but anyways you know it is what it is um the one that made me laugh I, I, just to close us on the um on the survey and on on the show itself mike is um 
the the one on the left side um 46.58 percent of our fans are hurt when anyone says ne anything negative about our club um the middle one, <laughs> whilst um it's, it's a it's a it's a majority of others if but 35 and a half percent don't let opinions of others bother us bother them too much 14% don't care what people say, think, or write about my club, our club. 2.2% um, enjoy it when, when Mill were talked about negatively. <laughs> they like it, 2.5% nearly. They love it. They love it when we're getting slagged. Uh, and then 1.35% aren't sure. I don't know. Anyway, there we are. So I think that, that must add up to 50 over the majority of those three answers. But I think we're going to have to get a new song now. It's it's um, no one likes us. We don't care, but we maybe a few of us do. Is, can that be built into um? Into no one likes us. We don't care unless you're in the forty six point five eight percent of people who get a bit <laughs> get a bit worked up. Not sure how to make that rhyme. Fifty three percent don't care. We don't care. I can't. Yeah, oh, 53 don't care. The other 46 set again. No, shh. <laughs> no one likes us, and 53% of us don't care. 46.5% might do. Oh dear. I, I mean, that's, there's a serious point lurking in there, but I haven't got the energy to go chasing after it anymore. Do this. I want to say a huge thank you to Michael Avery for taking time out of his day, his working day, to come on the show and talk, uh, talk, talk, talk trash on yeah. the show. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for coming on. No, that's all right. I have to say, dear listeners, as um, as I said to Nick before the show, I had my um second COVID jab recently, and uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't feeling too great to say the least. Uh, no, you're true, but you've done well, mate. Yeah, I I, I had the Moderna, so um, so as as I messaged to to Nick, I I felt like Apollo Creed in Rocky Four, and then about two <laughs> hours later, I felt like Ivan Drago had punched me in the face. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, but but again, I don't want to put that off anyone getting the vaccine. So, there we are, yeah, get jabbed up. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. We'll be back soon, I guess. A couple of weeks to the to the start of the season. We, I, I won't be bound by any deadlines, but we'll be back soon, I guess. So, until then, from Michael and myself, it's Arriva Dirty Mill. Thank you for listening, and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mobile. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Over the Mobile. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.